0: You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at soundtalentmedia.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers.
1: What's up, guys? Welcome to this episode of 3 a.m. We're super excited. We had a lot of fun stories tonight. First, we started with Sean.
2: I took us all over the globe. First, by talking about a National Geographic documentary, all about finding Bigfoot. It's kind of legit. And then... Took us to a couple of Bigfoot sightings here in the U.S. is very interesting
1: and kind of spooky. <laughs> yep. Uh, next was DJ. Uh,
2: I took us to Lake
3: Tahoe and spoke about the paranormal and
1: history within the area. And then I was up. Uh, I talked about two stories of uh, close calls with very different type of terrifying things. <laughs> so stay tuned for that. And then tonight we're actually super blessed us as 3am and everyone out there as the listeners and our friends out there to have Jordan on this episode. So Jordan got to share a story tonight.
4: Yeah. And we were able to go to very different parts of the world, uh, one in Chernobyl and one in West Virginia. And we see a few similarities between both of them.
1: Yep. So buckle up, buttercups. Uh, <laughs> we hope you enjoy this episode. Everyone out there, love you. Take me home to Chernobyl. Oh. Oh, Chernobyl. <laughs> <laughs> To a Welcome to 3 a.m. 3 a.m.
3: 3 a.m., where we discuss and dissect the supernatural.
1: What's the scariest thing you've encountered? That's been one of our favorite questions for years. 3 a.m. is the result of asking this question over and over again. Stories we
3: share are typically sourced from those we know, our listeners, or personal experience, the validity of which can be determined by you, the listener.
2: While we might not have all the answers, we find the culture and lore surrounding paranormal events and unnatural occurrences fascinating.
1: We hope you enjoy. We hope you enjoy. We hope you enjoy. Real quick, if uh, we know a lot of you like to get straight to the spooky, we understand that, no biggie. Uh, Go ahead and check the description of this episode. It should have a timestamp in there where you could skip ahead to the stories. But I hate you, and you're wrong.
4: <laughs> I just stared at them kind of angrily at the Guaranteed. camera. Guaranteed. Nice. Like you're missing the best part.
1: What up, guys? This is a the 3AM Podcast. My name is Charlie.
4: My name is DJ. My name is Sean. And my name is Jordan.
1: Hey, Jordan's back. Oh, hey. Anyway, we're just a bunch of friends. Tell scary stories. What's up?
3: Nothing much, uh, except I'm feeling super tired.
1: <laughs> Why is that?
3: <laughs> uh, spent. The whole week in 105 degree weather, (laughs) every day going off on five hours of sleep and going hard, playing hard in the sun. We were in Lake Powell, Uh, super fun, nice little break from everything. There's barely any phone reception out there. So our focus was just on water sports and family and friends.
2: Bro, that might've been my favorite part besides the family and friends was that I had no reception at all. Yeah. Could do nothing. Some
1: forced unpluggedness. It was I nice. Loved it. Yeah, it was awesome. I had a good time. I was actually really sad we got we all after our trip got back to like the marina and we got back into reception and we're all just like sitting on our phones and I was like, gosh dang it. <laughs> but anyway, awesome trip. We did a lot of wakeboarding, surfing behind the boat, and a lot of cliff jumping. And jet skiing, jet skiing
3: and tubing and tubing, night swimming, night swimming.
1: I got bit by a fish. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So first day out there. First, first run (laughs) on the jet skis.
3: We're towing a tube behind. I can't remember who it was, but they got the rope stuck in the jet ski while it was running. So we spent two hours. And when I say we... Our homeboy, Nick. I was like, that's real cavalier of you. And and Charles spent like two hours going underwater, holding their breath with a knife and a pair of goggles borrowed from our friend Reed. Yeah. His little kid, his baby, (laughs) his baby. And there's like great white sharks on the goggles. So they're not meant for performance. (laughs) They're mostly fashion over function. And they use that too cut this rope that was wrapped around the inside like rotor or something. Yep. Uh, maybe about 392 times and they that got through close. probably like 80 rounds of it. Yeah,
1: <laughs> it sucked man. So we were just taking turns holding our breath going down there with a kitchen knife looking <laughs> straight up in water and if you know how gravity works <laughs> uh, that just means you're getting neti potted by Lake Powell. So I got flushed out and I was just like opening my eyes and trying to drag this knife across this rope thousands of times. So we did this for like two hours till finally I'm down there. The sun is setting. So we're in a dark lake. It's kind of creepy. The water's getting murky. And as I'm doing it, all of a sudden I hear like two clicks behind me in the water. And then I feel something attack my back. So I get out as fast as I can. I'm freaking out and I look at Nick who's sitting there and I'm like, yo, is someone in the water? Is someone messing with me? Cause I legitimately thought Reed had jumped in and like pinched my back and he's like, what? And I was like, something just bit me. I think something, and they could see how like nervous I was and they did the whole thing of like, ah, oh, you're fine. It's nothing <laughs> like, don't worry about it. Like just walk it off. You know, <laughs> people just
3: playing off your fears and insecurities.
1: And so I was like, oh, okay, well, like let's switch then. Like, so I'm I'm good. You you go for it. So he goes down there, and he's cutting for a minute, and he totally thought I was overacting, and then he feels something hit his back, and he said he turned in the water, and he sees like five big shadows of fish, like this big, just at least a at foot them. long Damn. each. Yeah, they were all just hanging out under the boat, and I apparently have a mole on my back that fish think is food, <laughs> because I'll show you the photo, but. uh They bit my back, and you can see where their teeth went into my back. So,
2: Yeah, I'm
4: going to be a no for me, dog.
1: Guys, I almost died this weekend Uh, is what I'm trying to say. (laughs) Got attacked
4: by a bunch of rainbow trout. Yeah. (laughs) They attacked a rainbow boy.
3: (laughs) But we uh, got the rope out and had a successful week of fun.
1: Yep.
3: Uh, Everything was great. So much fun. During the day, like I said, we went hard, just spending as much time as possible in the water, in the sun, and then at night, we stayed up late, hanging out, had the best food the whole trip. Everybody took care of meals. And uh, we slept under the stars every night. Ooh, and that was I don't incredible. know. Yeah. I don't know if I've seen so many stars
1: ever. Yeah. Check our Instagram or watch this episode on YouTube. But we'll put up some of these photos that this kid, Tyler, we were with took. And it it's like, it's the only time I've seen a photo and thought that captured what I saw. Because most of the time, I'm like, dude. The photo doesn't d- justice but yep, i thought this was dope yeah so it was the best yeah it was really pretty super super beautiful but thanks for being patient with us while we've been a little mia we're gonna get back to schedule we'll be back on time releasing episodes every friday from now on so thank you all have any of you ever shit your pants
4: <laughs> <laughs> no not not once <laughs> have i ever done that
1: This is TMI. Uh, If you think this is gross, go ahead and fast forward Uh, or grow up. Yeah, (laughs) but screw you. No, I sharted for the first time in my life like two weeks ago (laughs) and I swear I was like, oh no, like I'm incontinent now. (laughs) Like I'm getting older. I now don't have control over my bed. Like it was so humbling. I hated it. Um, and then actually like an hour later when I was able to get to a bathroom, I did a little wipe investigation and it turns out I didn't chart. but I truly believed I had <laughs> and it was just so humbling. And I was like, gosh, damn it. Like this is the worst. I don't know.
3: Uh, I have uh, once in the last 10 years. Do tell. Yeah, it was at a friend's wedding. Oh, <laughs> and it was in the middle of the ceremony. <laughs> And I couldn't leave. I couldn't leave. I was a groomsman and I had my stomach was so sore and I had to at least fart. So I was sitting on a chair and I knew you can tell when it's going to be a little airy. You know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. So you can kind of get away with it. Oh, yeah. The most delicate part. I I, I go at like a 10 degree lean to the left (laughs) and I I just let out a, a little bit of air and a little bit more. (laughs)
0: <laughs> and
3: there was no sound but I could feel it, oh, it, was it was, there was no sound I was, I was so sad I was so sad <laughs> on my one of my best friends happiest days like, I was so
1: sad such a beautiful ceremony <laughs> like no that's not why I'm crying right now <laughs> and
3: well I mean to kind of emphasize the situation a little more for all our Mormon friends it was in the temple Oh, so <sighs> like I especially couldn't go anywhere (laughs) and do anything. I think that's a straight to hell card. I think so too. (laughs)
1: Like shit in the temple. (laughs)
3: Yeah, dude. Um, but, uh, yeah, luckily it didn't get to my underwear. Uh, it just stayed within the the confines of my ass.
4: (laughs) Dude, <laughs> Dude that's, I mean, there, there, there's the silver lining
1: that's <laughs> or the, brown, the lining. brown lining.
4: That's my worst fear Any is like lining. having that happen in like a gathering or you just you cannot get away.
1: Yeah, yep. I think you lost like as far as the worst situation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Wow. I don't know if anyone's going to top DJs. So one time, <laughs> but we're going to try.
2: When I was 11, a family member passed away when I was living in Washington and they lived in Kentucky. So we, as a family, me, my s- five brothers and sisters and my mom and dad got in a car and drove straight for 44 hours. Oh. And we stopped at Dude, that's a, a rest stop. That's a prison sentence. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, stopped at a rest stop or two slept for an hour or two every 24 hours or so. But I remember writing about Missouri. (laughs) I had to take a dump so bad. And the closest rest area was 65 miles away. So we keep driving, kind of passive aggressive. Hey, uh, I got to go to the bathroom. Can we stop at the next rest area? Yeah, yeah, it's 65 miles away. Oh, (laughs) Oh, okay. Okay. (laughs) And so we kept driving. We kept driving. Finally, we get to this rest area, and I jump out of the car, run to the bathroom. It's probably 3 a.m. because we're driving this 44-hour marathon drive. I get into the stall, pull my pants down, and it just goes everywhere. Oh, Everyone's had that, dude. You were 99% there. 99%. Oh. Dude, it was everywhere that's scary a paranormal poop <laughs> dude that was the scariest moment of my life to be honest i oh, was like sucks. Oh, i'm gonna get arrested or something as this 11 year old just coming up with the weirdest thoughts in my mind like i'm gonna go to jail for just destroying this bathroom you ever, you ever just i'm gonna go to jail, <laughs> jail for
3: destroying this. you were just have it so bad when you're using the bathroom that you start repenting?
1: <laughs> oh, yes, brother. Yes, brother, DJ. Yeah, I, have, I have prayed for death on the toilet. I've
4: given up my ghost. 100%. I said, take
1: me now. I'm good.
4: I was like, I've lived a full life at 21 years old. Please take my life now. Oh, 100%. I don't
3: need to live any longer. Yeah. I will um, never look upon a woman with lust again. You
1: know, <laughs> if you just take this burn from <laughs> me.
4: Um, um, I might not have one that tops DJs, but I can think of five specific instances in my like the history of my life where this happened. I may not share all five, but and that's the only ones I remember so you might you might remember a couple others, but has anyone ever like shit while you 're running like full full on sprinting and then you're- relie- you're relieving yourself it's the weirdest feeling, so we lived <laughs> at this apartment complex and they conveniently had the elevator broken. So for like <laughs> f- six months, we had to walk up to the fourth floor every single day. Um, and so we get to, they We're coming back from something and Sean or DJ were driving and they dropped me off at the, at the lobby. Cause it was like, they were going to go park, but they knew I needed to get to the bathroom there. So they dropped me off. I run in, run into somebody that I know they're trying to talk to me and I'm too nice to just say, Hey, I'm shitting my pants right now. I need to get, I need to get to the fourth floor. So I don't, I, it, it, he stalls me for like 15, 20 seconds. I get away. I'm running up the stairs as I turn the corner. When I get to the top of the stairs, it just goes. And I literally am shitting myself as I run like to four or five doors to our bathroom. Oh. And I'm like, as I'm thinking, I start laughing. Like this is going <laughs> to be the most wild story. And Everyone's just like, what is wrong with you? You shit yourself way too often. Like you're an adult. I remember I told you too
3: when I, I was driving and I when I dropped you off at the first floor and I was like, There's a bathroom. It's like a common area bathroom by the main office. Uh, there's a bathroom right there. I know you have a thing with using public bathrooms. You don't, but I was like, you use a public bathroom or shit yourself.
4: <laughs> the choice is yours. It, in my defense, I want to say it was locked, but I don't think I even checked. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, you need to look into butt kegels, dude.
1: You need to strengthen the asshole, dude, or diapers. Or <laughs> <laughs> it depends. It's been it's been a while
4: since I've. I mean, well, th- two two years. It's been two years. <laughs>
1: I think you've made a lot of life choices, uh, life changes, or whatever that have helped you. For I have instance, a lot of listening to your body. Yeah. And,
4: food no allergies. Tomatoes. I have a lot of food <laughs> allergies and sensitivities that I'm now following. So. Gosh,
1: this has been to Talk with 3AM. Alright, let's get into stories.
4: <laughs> with that said,
1: let's roll. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Alright, time to roll. <laughs> the show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Have you ever had a relationship that you're proud of proud of because you put in the work and the other person put in the work as well. Uh, didn't have to be perfect, but, uh, effort was made honest effort. I think it's definitely more rare to have those types of relationships. Uh, the good thing is with, with therapy, at least in my experience, uh, that's something I've been able to find uh, somebody who invests in me, uh, especially when I invest in myself, And we'd love, love, love for you to experience something similar. So if you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. Uh, It's entirely online, designed to be convenient and flexible, suited to your schedule. Uh, Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Uh, Go ahead and visit BetterHelp.com slash 3AM today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com
0: slash 3AM. Nine. DJ
1: got a 12. Four. Jordan got a four. Sean got a 19. So the order is Sean, DJ, Charlie, Jordan.
2: All right. I'm up, guys. Got a couple of stories for us tonight that all kind of revolve around one topic. Fun. So a new documentary just came out on Disney Plus under National Geographic. Okay. (laughs) Okay. It It's called Moana. (laughs) Did you know that shit really happened? (laughs) It's all about Bigfoot. Cool. It's a new one? On Disney Plus? On Disney Plus. What? It's about this guy who has just the biggest question he wants answered. Why are there different stories of similar entities all over the world? Specifically in the Himalayas and in the U.S.? So he does a lot of interviewing, goes and visits these places stuff like that. it's pretty dope but it got me thinking you know there's got to be some encounters it's got to be some information maybe we don't know. It actually led me to a couple different things that I want to tell you just before the stories. I'm really
1: excited right now so much <laughs> <And>, uh, we <laughs> this
3: We've talked about this early in the podcast where it's like so many cultures have the same stories from before they were able to communicate it, you know, before the internet for the internet, before anything else, you know? Yeah. Yeah.
4: And I feel like there's not a lot of great, there's not a lot of great, like Bigfoot doc. It's like, it's like really cheesy and you know what I mean? So like, I'm excited for like a new like perspective, something that's like actually quality.
2: Right. Right. So first of all, wanted to share some information with you guys bringing it back to the US cuz it's more relatable to us specifically US states with the most <laughs> bigfoot sightings Washington state, California, Utah is up there with 70 reported bigfoot sightings. Who
3: like who keeps track of this and like they're likely the same people who s- put the stamp on that's an official sighting or not. It came from the Bigfoot
2: Field Researchers Organization. Damn, I didn't know that was a thing. I didn't know that was a thing either, dude. (laughs) So what are their criteria? (laughs) You know, it's
3: like, where do they draw the line? Like, okay, yeah, that was a real sighting. Or
2: I don't think that cuts it, dude. Right, no, no, no. It's a good question too. And it kind of funnels down to those that are more likely Bigfoot sightings versus anything where it could have been a bear or They even section things off into like UFOs. We don't count stuff like that that even similar.
4: A hairy ass dude.
2: (laughs) A hairy ass dude. (laughs) (laughs) So, and then they even states by the, with the most Bigfoot sightings by population. So like California has a shit ton, but like the population is huge. Washington still takes the cake with 679 sightings. Is this a year? Uh, I think it's total. It's total sightings. Okay. And Washington does have the Sasquatch Festival. It's true, dude, but that equates to 8.9 sightings per 100,000 people. So you're pretty damn likely to see a fucking big Bigfoot mm. in Washington. And then it tells us also our least likely ones. Like Nevada,
1: there's only been nine sightings. Like they suck, dude. Because there ain't no trees for a Bigfoot to hide in. (laughs) It's like you could stand at one edge of Nevada and see the shitty other end of it. It's like (laughs) Tahoe
4: is the only place. Next one is
2: actually Rhode Island with five sightings. Bro, Rhode Island is the side of Utah Valley. So (laughs) that's pretty high odds. Yeah, it's true, dude. Five sightings. One could be in Orem, one could be in Pleasant Grove. Like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. So, and it breaks it all down by state, according to population, total confirmed sightings, where they organize these, funnel them down into a a Bigfoot quote unquote sighting. Now, my first story comes out of Utah. Ooh. So, here we go. (laughs) A friend and I were hiking not far from downtown Salt Lake City in 2014, after a while, they decided to rest a bit. It was about 5.15 p.m. And the trail they were on was narrow and crowded with kind of bushes everywhere. Hiking through Salt Lake City? It was not far from downtown Salt Lake City. Where do you see? Th- no. Like West I mean, Valley? U- Those H- are called Polynesians, David.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I saw this terrifyingly like,
3: large brown creature. <laughs> Those are called the
2: Tongans. Yeah, like,
1: it's so late.
2: Yeah. I, I imagine by their description of a trail and bushes and very tall fir trees that it's probably not West Valley. I mean, it could, but be, I could the be canyon. Wrong. No, it's probably I I up the canyon. could be wrong. Yeah. So, one of them says, as he's leaning on the stump, he noticed that they were standing among several trees that kind of formed a teepee shape. Now, to kind of preface this as, w- as well, in the research that I've been doing, teepee shapes are very common in Bigfoot sightings.
1: Oh, my f- in bad, Professor Gassaway. <laughs> Damn, your findings. caught that PhD, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Professor
3: Gassaway deduces
1: that. <laughs> now,
2: um, with that being said, they noticed and they were kind of discussing it and heard a, at that point in time a loud crash and a twig snap a few yards in front of them. Now, his back was to the trail, so he was facing the hillside and the deeper forest growth while his friend was facing the trail with his back towards the hillside. Now, the trees that formed the t- t- TP formation were right about 10 feet from where the friend was facing them and the trail. So as his head was turned about 90 degrees when he heard the commotion coming from the base of the hillside, if you can picture this, he's facing the hillside, and he's hearing this noise coming from the base of this hillside. But he can't see it because it's like the thick bushes and stuff like that. So he immediately looked towards the sound and saw a hominid covered with dark brown hair moving quickly behind the thick bushes. Now, he wasn't more than six feet tall, and he didn't get a good look at the face because it had turned and it was moving quickly the other direction. He did notice, though, that the hair was two-toned. This is what he described it as. The darker hair was on the head and shoulders, and the lighter hair was on his midriff with his legs appearing darker. Now, I know some people with that kind of description, but not. not I don't, I'm not going to name any names, but some of these people <laughs> look like they could be Bigfoots. <laughs> Kevin. He's talking about Kevin. <laughs> I mean, there's a of people that are, you know, like that. With that being said, he shouted, did you see that to his friend? While they're trying to make sense of what they were seeing, his friend was still looking at the TP, and he yelled back to him. He said, hey, did you hear that? The last time they had seen someone tromping through the bushes in that area was in early spring. There were two cross-country skiers coming down the mountain, the one in front wearing a blue jacket with a typical two-tone gray shoulder pattern. So he would have noticed that specifically if whatever it was that he saw was wearing something like that. That's why he kind of even brings that up. So for some reason, it was the first explanation that my brain came up with for what I was seeing there in July. He thought, well, maybe it could have been somebody, but then he kind of thinks about it for a second. He's like, no, that's not a cross-country skier. It's July. So he could clearly recall that it was a hairy creature, but at the same time, his brain was refusing to believe it and trying to come up with a scenario for the situation. And all that he could muster was a skier hiking through the forest, not on the trail, but fully dressed in dark ski clothes from head to toe in July. He's trying to figure this out. At any rate, he then began began to call out, hey, hello, yelling out after whatever it was. And while we'll he was also trying to listen for the direction of the retreat of whatever it was between his calls. So in between calling out, he's listening. His friend ran up to ran up to the spot to see if he could see anything. And he had only seen a blur by the time he'd turned all the way around and come over to him. So he didn't really see exactly what his friend saw, but he saw something kind of running off in the other direction. Now, even though it was just a few short yards to the spot where they saw the skier, in quotation marks, uh, there was nothing there. As he regained his senses and ran to see if there were any tracks, he found one. But it resembled more of a kind of print you'd find in deep sand, more of like a dugout type of depression in the needles. So. Not necessarily a print, but like something had smashed down on the needles. So no like real discerning, definable,
1: like it just was like a
2: something stepped here. Something stepped here. And it was about, he said, an inch longer and wider on each side of his size 11 Chaco that he was wearing. So whatever it was, it was bigger than his size 11 Chacos. It was big-footed. You could even say it was big-footed. Now, he hadn't heard any crashing through the bushes after the initial noise that grabbed his attention, so he was unable to determine what had actually happened to it after it had passed behind the bushes. There were some small green plants covering the ground in the direction that they, the thing had ran, but they were only compressed, kind of similar to this area of needles that he had just seen. So, they scanned for tracks, but didn't feel like pursuing any deeper into the brush or up the ravine, so he went back to the trail. He made kind of a short video of the track. He said he he would send, but never got it. With that being said, uh, he's going back to video the tree structures as well. If he can find them, and he'll post that as well.
1: Oh, so this is recent.
2: Well, he said it was 2014, but he never sent me the pictures. Gosh, dang it. So <laughs> with that being said, we can assume there are footsteps, assume that there's the Sticks kind of all leaning up in a pyramid-type formation, which is typical of Bigfoot sightings. But we don't have any pictures for that. Now, he said, oddly, neither of them felt threatened. And although the valley they were hiking in was very narrow, they uh, just kind of continued up the trail in the same direction that their furry friend had gone, just trying to see if they could see anything. Uh, They thought that they heard movement up the hillside a few times from various directions, but still never felt threatened. And for about an hour or so... They just kept hiking, but you know, with high awareness, making sure that they if they heard anything, they were checking it out first, and then eventually they turned back down so that they wouldn't be caught in the valley after sundown. So after giving it some thought, though, he found it pretty suspicious that the creature had gone so quickly through the brush without any noise, except for the initial crash, which he thought was weird, because he definitely heard it, saw it, and then didn't hear much except for the small rustlings on their way up the trail. Outside of that, he says he's never going to hike there alone, and he hasn't since, but he is going back up there with a friend or two just to kind of explore.
1: Do you know where this is? I
2: don't. Dang it. So he says it's outside of downtown Salt Lake. So what I think is there's a trail, and I forget the name of it.
1: Is it in a narrow valley? It is in a narrow valley.
2: Is this the
4: canyon right behind the U? Yeah, right behind. That's me. what I was picturing. I, was say, that's I can I picturing. only think
3: of east because everywhere else is still like heavily populated north, south, and
4: west. Yeah, because even so north going, of just downtown, it, they have that one Capitol Hill trail, but that's like that's, that's, in, the that's right in the open. That's in the open.
3: Yeah, right after that, it's like the big quarry, mm-hmm. like dirt quarry or whatever, in North Salt Lake,
2: but. I have to look it up on all trails. It's not giving me too much on Google Maps, but there's like uh, Bonneville Shoreline Trail, which kind of goes up from the place where we went and explored that one time that night, to cause it's supposedly haunted. I can't remember. Memory Grove. That's what it is. Oh, okay. So yeah. you keep following Memory Grove, and it keeps going up. Interesting. So potentially that, but then also behind U of U, there's a couple of trails that go back into the mountains. Mm-hmm. So I think it could have been any of those places. But I also feel like normal people, when you see something that you can't really explain, try not to talk about it as much.
3: I, this is the first time that I've heard about the correlation between Bigfoot and like teepees. Yeah, same. Apparently, this researcher said it's pretty typical.
2: Well, this guy said that it's typical, but I've done more research and more stories show that that is occurring within these Bigfoot sightings. Hmm. And I did see pictures of other ones that they had posted, and it's basically sticks just kind of leaning up in this teepee formation. Yeah. So supposedly there's a connection.
4: What if what if this is just like propaganda from Bigfoots to like get us to lurk <laughs> us out there? Because they kept saying we didn't feel threatened at all. We kept following it, and then it's like the Bigfoots are like, yeah, we're not threatening. And then they, do Bigfoots, they check lurk us lurk out, sending us stories right now.
2: Yeah. What or if this, this
4: is? Lurk? <laughs> work us out lure us out
2: well and that was one of the things too that i really appreciated about the documentary that i saw was this one dude in the himalayas has pictures of tracks through the snow and they're very like clearly not man-made tracks so he gets those tracks the pictures of them this guy and he sends them to like a tracks expert and through like that scientific method still finds out that
1: the way that the they had happened. We're coming from like a snow leopard. I've seen that because when a snow leopard steps in snow, that impression then melts exactly. and then becomes way bigger. Yep. So a lot of people will be like, oh, "It's a Bigfoot," when really it's a snow leopard. And then because it made an indent in the snow that like catches the sun or warmth and then melts and becomes bigger. Yep. And that was
2: a hundred percent what that specific situation was. Now, also part of his research led him to talk to this family. In the Himalayas, where they believed not only was a Bigfoot dangerous, but hearing a Bigfoot scream or make noises, you would become cursed.
1: Way what? higher stakes, dude. That's yeah. terrifying. If you heard it, even if you just hear this mofo, they exactly. Got, they got range attacks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> dude, you just be like, have your ears plugged constantly. Dude, yeah, you can't go and do anything, bro. Uh, yeah, it's what, like intimidation damage. <laughs> No,
3: I feel like it would be, uh, I feel like I would be cursed if I heard a sound like that. I mean, there's a lot of animals that make weird sounds, but like hearing like a Bigfoot scream or something like that enough would like make me scared to go
1: in the woods again. Dude, what do they call Bigfoot in the Himalayas?
2: Uh, The abominable Yeti.
1: So the Yeti is probably like the The Himalayan word. The
2: Abominable Snowman is our term for
1: what Mm -hmm. they call it. So it's Sasquatch in America. Sasquatch, Bigfoot. You
2: can kind of go in between
1: those. Where is the Yowie though? I thought Australia. Australia. That was Australia.
2: There's the Yeti. There's the Abominable Snowman. There's the, uh, there's another name.
1: Uh, I will say we do know a large hairy man who routinely hikes naked. (laughs) So just throwing that out there.
4: He takes up half of the Utah sightings.
1: (laughs) Who's that? Kevin. Kevin?
4: Oh, he hikes naked?
1: Sometimes, dude. (laughs) <laughs> After he goes and like soaks in the hot springs, he hikes naked.
4: I wish he'd invite us.
2: <laughs> What's the show called? The show? Yeah. Uh, sorry, let me check. You yeah, I wanna watch it. The hunt for the abominable snowman. Huh. Uh, on Disney Plus. On Disney Plus. Cool. So going back to the uh hearing a Bigfoot could also bring bad luck and a curse to you is my next story. Oof. Ooh. Ooh. So I'm going to go ahead and read it from this guy because he's really good at describing it. So from 2012 to 2013, I did a lot of hiking in and around the coastal range in Oregon. I'd frequently go out by myself for days and just come into town to restock on food if necessary. It was commonplace for when I was in town to spend the whole day hiking back the four hours to where I was camping at dusk. The trail I took wasn't well-traveled and looked more like a deer path than anything else. So i had chosen my campsite for its lack of foot traffic and its serenity, avoiding conventional locations. I had only a cell phone on me during the period of hiking and camping. No bright clothing, no GPS tracking device, or emergency beacon. Probably wasn't the smartest idea looking back. There were times I heard and saw things while out in the forest that I didn't recognize by sight or sound, but nothing came close to the incident I had in May of 2013. I had done my usual restock in town, Some six miles from where I decided to camp for the night, and I spent the day in town as usual. I started walking back to the camp location about dusk. Half of the walk I chose to use the dirt roads until veering off on the deer trail I used earlier that day. By this time, it was completely dark, but it was clear out and possible to see the trail still using the moonlight. I don't listen to headphones while hiking. I've always thought it was wise to be able to hear what was around me in the event there was a predator, whether human, animal, or whatever. I was mentally doing some calculations for the next day's hike when my mind is literally stopped mid track. I hadn't heard anything, and I don't make hardly any sound when hiking. If I had heard something, I would have known. For some reason, be it a sixth sense or a survival instinct, I'm not sure but I was jolted quite suddenly out of thought and very aware of the fact I was not alone on the trail. So it's kind of like this this feeling of being watched almost. Now, what is odd to me especially is that even though I had heard nothing whatsoever, light, wind, no birds, I knew acutely that something was behind me, specifically about 30 yards down the trail. So he kind of has that, first of all, the feeling something's watching him and then almost a specific like, Something's watching me from that direction. Now, I still to this day have so many unanswered questions about how I knew this. Standing really still, I turn around and look down the trail. I don't see anything, but I feel it. It honestly is really difficult to pin down exactly how to describe what I felt, because I hadn't felt that way before or since. It was straight up fight or flight, and my logical mind was saying there's nothing out of the ordinary, while my senses were saying, get the hell out of there. Again, looking back and remembering this, I have no idea what to say. It's, really it's kind of really hard to write. It was like I was being taunted and I felt it. The presence of something or someone was down the trail. I knew that it knew that I knew it was there. He knew that it knew that he knew it was there. <laughs> and it knew that I couldn't see it. So that's what still scares me to this day. I knew, and it was bright enough out there for me to see down the trail 30 yards back with no problem. There wasn't anything on the trail, and I will swear by it, but it was like I was being taunted or beckoned to come closer. This was maybe 30 seconds into looking down the trail, if that, and I was panicking, but I still wasn't sure what to think because I wasn't seeing anything threatening, so I turned around and started walking a quick pace. I didn't know what else to do. I knew that If it was a guy out there trying to kill someone, he's probably going to end up killing me or on this trail or in my tent after following me back to it. So why run was my logical thought because he's going out into the woods and it's going to kill him anyways. If it's going to kill him, I would say it was not even a minute into a quick trek back that I hear what I can only describe as a sound like rushing or swooping air following me by what seemed like a rake sliding across the dirt trail. The former sound happened right after the latter sound. These sounds happened together in a half a second apart four different times. And they were very close to me, maybe 20 yards back. Looking back, I don't know how I was able to stay composed and not soil myself, per our conversation earlier. (laughs) But But somehow, I mentally stayed focused on getting back to the tent and ignored the panic and just kept walking quickly, not looking back. Whoever or whatever it was still followed me the majority of the next hour. And I just kept heading towards and didn't look back. A few minutes from my camp location, the fight or flight feeling gradually, but succinctly left as I crawled into my tent and didn't sleep a minute the entire night. Morning came and I packed up and left. So I don't don't know what correlation it is with sound, potentially. They could curse you or whatever it is. But that's apparently one of the urban legends or beliefs, not necessarily here, but in the Himalayas, and maybe it just hasn't occurred to us out here.
4: Have you guys ever heard like a noise, like a high pitch noise, that has really disrupted your thought and your ability to like think, like to to your really affected your ability just to think and to like focus?
3: I mean, haven't I, we established DJ? I have tinnitus. Oh. So I don't know if that's what you're relating to. Well,
4: yeah, just like any kind of like, it's almost like uh, like the onset of like migraines, right? Where you, you'll kind of hear a high-pitched high frequency and then, then you'll have the headache or whatever. But I wonder if, you know, Sasquatch, if they use, if it is real or whatever, if they were to use some kind of like high-pitched frequency that like really messes with humans or like, a, you know like our hearing Almost like level. a dog
1: whistle for yeah. humans or something
4: and it kind of disables humans and maybe that's like the curse or whatever yeah it's I like pokemon know. yeah <laughs> like, squirtle used growl <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's yeah, like yeah your defense is greatly lowered because <laughs> there are animals in the animal kingdom that you like bats and other kind of animals that can disable their prey based off of like frequencies and like things like that so i don't know
2: maybe it could have been and that was what was kind of creepy and what stood out to me as one of the things that I noticed watching that documentary.
1: So if you look in a Sasquatch and you, I don't know, listen to different things, watch a lot of different things, there's levels to the mythos of Sasquatch. So the base level, it's a ape-like creature that has just gone undetected in the wilderness. Yeah. It's a living, breathing thing that has just been around and we just happen to not have seen it or captured it or you know what i mean have its bones then there's another level where it's like a mythical creature that local tribes believe in and it has special powers like being able to curse people with sound but then there's like five more levels on top of that and people go into it they think sasquatch works with the aliens is an interdimensional being who can go (laughs) uh, who can turn invisible like there are some tribes who believe that sasquatch has a a ritual that they perform and it involves if they to become a man sasquatch the young sasquatches have to jump in front of hikers and wave their hands and not be seen so they have to master the ability of becoming invisible and then do it to people
3: oh there's even a level of Like even in some religions, they think or they maybe not fully assume, but maybe kind of deduce that Sasquatch comes from Cain from the Bible. Um, Yeah. Like there's all these different theories from all these different backgrounds and cultures.
1: And and the reason why is because Cain was cursed and given a mark from God after he killed Abel and was doomed to walk for the rest of days. Doesn't say his, doesn't say the, just says the rest of days.
3: And Cain was born hairy. Was I mean, that Cain? I don't know. Oh, no. Never mind. I'm thinking about Esau. My bad. Haha. <laughs> 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 ha, don't know your
2: Bible.
1: <laughs>
2: Go to hell. <laughs> I'm in it. Um, <laughs> I'm in
1: it. <laughs> uh, and, and also super interesting facet in like Avenue of, of Sasquatch. So I don't think you or maybe our listeners aren't fully acquainted with is Sasquatch Erotica.
4: Like like pr-
1: prana mm. prawn? It's yeah, it's actually uh there's like one lady who like owns the game in Sasquatch Erotica and she's like a multi-millionaire because her books sell so well. Oh
3: man, people really have a big foot fetish. <laughs> <laughs>
1: How excited were you to deliver that? Okay. I felt that. <laughs>
2: uh, I don't even know what
1: to say right Murray, now. I hate you. Yeah. <laughs> you are stupid. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs>
4: Oh, Oh, but but it's true.
3: Bigfoot must like in that universe. Bigfoot must be like the dominatrix of furries, dude.
1: It it really, it kind of is. So like this is the this is the plot of every Bigfoot erotica. Don't ask me how I know.
3: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Question marks. Just accept this
4: information.
1: Super poorly written. First of all, it's like uh, an eighth grader wrote this. Wait, are you
4: reading these? You're
1: reading the erotica.
4: Don't ask questions. You don't want to know
1: the freaking answer to. (laughs) But it's like me and my girlfriends went camping for the weekend. Oh, <laughs> my God. And it's like I got kidnapped and I didn't want it. And he like ripped my arms away from my bosoms, my breasts. And it's like and he forced his Sasquatch body onto me. Ugh. So there's that
4: Sasquatchy.
1: This, this podcast Sasquatchy. just got way scarier. Sasquatchy. That is scary, bro. Sasquatchy. Hey, if you can get
3: off uh, on, uh, like, hair <laughs> and uh, rotten egg smells, I, I mean, power to you. Oh. Anyway,
2: that's it for me, guys. Wow. We we ended on a
1: high note for Sean.
2: <laughs> yeah,
3: I don't that's, know how we can keep going up from here. That's it for
4: me. That sounded painful. A Bigfoot fetish.
2: <laughs> Is that our episode name? It might have to be.
3: <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Thanks, Sean. I
1: got you guys. I'm still in it. Let's I'm excited. Do
3: this. Um, I've been debating how I want to start this.
1: Once upon a time. <laughs> okay, two
3: maybe three things. First, I can't remember if we've talked about this before, but do you know the U.S. version? Of the Loch Ness
2: Monster? Bear Lake Monster? Yeah, yeah that's not the quite. first one that comes
1: to mind.
4: Not quite. It, does it have to do do with the Great Lakes? No. Then no. A little yeah, more no. west. Really? It's Lake
3: Tahoe? Yes. Okay. Ooh.
2: Oh, okay, okay. And then Tahoe Tessie. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah Instead okay. of
3: Nessie, there's uh, a long running legend of Tessie of Tahoe. Um, multiple accounts of, I think when people were first discovering like Tahoe, early settlers and pioneers coming across the plains and getting to California, they get to Tahoe and there's accounts of them kind of sailing across Tahoe or just on like a, I don't know if it's the actual big like sailboat or something, but they were on the water and they jumped out for a swim. And something swam under them. And it was so big that it created waves that slammed their bodies into the boat. So, tons of stories like that, you know, whatever. Whatever. Uh, whatever. Two, whatever. <laughs> two getting uh, a little more modern with uh, Tahoe and its history and the happenings of the area. Did you know that the mafia reached Tahoe? I was not aware.
1: No, but I knew it for some LA. reason that makes sense.
2: That's what I was gonna say.
3: Yeah. So uh I I was reading in a thread on Reddit. Somebody was talking about how they have really good friends in Tahoe. And for years they would go up every year and visit them and hang out. And these people were living in Tahoe for a long time. And apparently the city of Tahoe, they get a ton of requests from People, organizations, researchers to kind of do expeditions into Tahoe, like the like, and see what they can find.
4: Like scuba diving?
3: Scuba diving, all different types Submarine. of like, even submarines, oh, yeah. whoa. Yeah, and the city of Tahoe keeps, they said that the city would not
1: allow a survey. Yeah, we got some skeletons in our closet. Yeah. And they
3: said it was because they were afraid of dredging up bodies and vehicles from the mafia days. It's bad for tourism.
4: I feel like that's kind of good for tourism. Yeah. I want to go see them. I, Could be. Like yeah, negative, I disagree.
3: Like, <laughs> like bad press is good press kind mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah, I hear you. Um, three. Actually, we might go on to four. Three. <laughs> uh, allegedly, tunnels exist in Tahoe. That lead to other lakes? That lead to other Whoa. lakes cross country. And we even brought this up. Oh, a, What? We even brought this up while we were in Powell. Not we,
1: you. I did. (laughs) I said,
3: I I asked the question. I was like, do you think there are like underground channels that run from from different lakes? Because apparently they haven't found the bottom of Powell yet. Like Powell is that deep. We got to the marina, the very first part (laughs) of the lake where you launch and then go into the actual lake. And the marina itself is 450 feet deep. So, that like blew my mind and just thinking that they haven't found the bottom. Well, like Crater Lake, there's other lakes too that they don't know the bottom of. Tons of of, lakes where they haven't found the the bottom, which is crazy to me.
1: I think you kind of glossed over uh, an important detail. Uh, When did you bring that up?
3: (laughs) When did I bring it up?
1: (laughs) Yeah. When when did you bring up like, do you think there's tunnels and... lake pal while we were on the lake. No, while we were waiting in water in the lake. Yeah, DJ and I are out in the we're away from any boat, any flotation. We decided to swim out into the middle of the lake and then we're swimming there. And it's all quiet. And DJ's like, hey, uh, so uh, do you think there's any tunnels down here? And I'm like,
3: dude, what are you trying to do right now?
4: I'm sorry. I'm like waiting for we a bull it, shark to come get me. Yeah. Um.
3: Okay, that's another thing. Just adding more to you know, There's layers the mysteries to Tahoe. The mysteries of Tahoe and what could be. That's so interesting. Um, number four. Have any of you heard of Jacques Cousteau? Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Who, Who is, is he? Uh, ODB rapped about him. Mm-hmm. That's all I know. Okay. <laughs> uh, Jacques Cousteau couldn't get this low. I, I think he has something to do with submarines. I can't Didn't remember.
4: he own one of the hotels in, in Lake Tahoe, like the main hotel in Lake Tahoe? Hmm. I don't know about that. Okay. Maybe that could be. I nice think he's an
1: explorer, explorer or sail, sail man. Mm-hmm. seaman. Sean, what do you know about Jacques <laughs> Cousteau? Cousteau,
4: he's currently
3: googling it.
2: <laughs> I, I'll, I'll read you the facts. Yeah, yeah. But what do you know? Go for it. Oh, I just knew he was
3: an explorer. It was it. Faint, world famous explorer. He co-invented the Aqua Lung, scuba diving. Oh, okay. Oh, in, in the forties. He was born in like the the tens. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) Um, he passed away in like 97, but he was known as like one of, maybe the most famous like diver undersea explorer, uh, wrote a ton of books, did a ton of documentaries, also famous for like his, uh, conservation efforts as well. So insanely
1: respected scientist.
3: Yes. Yes. Scientist, researcher, explorer. Cousteau was with a film crew in the 60s in Tahoe. They did all this filming. I'm not exactly sure on what, but they were just trying to explore the depths of Lake Tahoe. This news is buzzing in the area because of the previous things that I was talking about. The tunnels, Tessie, the mafia, all these things that were so vague and nobody had any hard facts or information about. So getting one of the, you know, World famous explorers to go and try to document all of this was a big deal. So they're filming. Everyone in the city of Tahoe is excited to see what what comes out of it, and unfortunately, none of the footage was released. And it all stems to what Cousteau said after all of their findings. Cousteau told people uh, told the press. The world isn't ready for what they saw at the bottom of Tahoe.
2: Where's the footage? What a dick.
1: What the f
3: <laughs> I don't think it was his call to not release it. Maybe government was like It, it could have been, yeah. Just the same as like how the, that could have been like the start of the city, turning people down from and doing people more. people ask us why That's we don't trust talking. the government. <laughs> um, but Cousteau himself, someone who's been all around the world, you know, was stunned at what he saw and in interviews over time, every time people asked him about it, he struggled to talk about it. It just baffled his, it sounded like it was beyond like human
2: comprehension, like comprehension
3: almost, you know, wow. like it reminds me of like the Pentagon, how they just released, which is a whole
1: different story that we should probably talk about soon. Uh, they casually were like, "Uh, so two months ago, we are in possession of crafts that were not built on this planet. Goodbye. That was it.
4: <laughs> yeah, then they didn't say anything else. Yeah. They just, like closed their doors.
1: Yeah.
3: Dick heads. But that information alone is like literally outer worldly, you know? Yeah, like life changing. Yeah. Like what are how are we supposed to understand and comprehend that?
2: You know, I bet it's in the president's book, Secrets. Probably. I saw that in National Treasure too. Yeah.
1: <laughs> An amazing source of knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> um,
3: Tahoe. One of the most beautiful places. One of my favorite places. I remember the first time driving through, and I think I've said it before, because we went to Tahoe last year. We've talked it, I've talked about it before on the podcast, but it's insanely beautiful. And the story I have tonight isn't so much with the lake, but more so on the ground and in the mountains of Tahoe. But just in my research of Tahoe, this is, these are the things that I've found. So there's a lot of things there's there are a lot of things bubbling around Tahoe that I, I just kind of want to introduce really quickly and then go to uh, somebody's experience in the mountains of of like Tahoe. So this experience comes from we'll call them Mac. Uh, Mac is from Southern California. Doesn't say explicitly what's what city, but they are in a city. So Mac being around the sound of traffic. And people everywhere was really looking forward to this vacation that uh, they plan with their friends up to Lake Tahoe, Northern California, just being in the mountains, being on the water, being a little isolated, uh, more than normal, than what they're usually used to. And uh, we're going to go through this by every day on their trip.
4: (laughs) Cool.
3: So, sort of chapter-like, Mac, day one. I settle into the cabin at around 5 p.m. After an eight hour drive, I was very tired. I went and laid down in the bed that was in the loft. It was quiet. It was like being in a different world. I was so used to cars zooming by, people talking right outside my house, but it was quiet. I fell asleep fairly quickly. Around four hours into max sleep, they jolt up because they hear what sounds like tapping. Again, they're staying in a cabin and from what he can remember there's a back door which is behind where he's sleeping in the loft and it sounds like this tapping is coming from the window on the back door and mac slowly tries to look and see what's going on but it's dark and he's too tired to super care (laughs) so after the tapping stops he goes to sleep again pretty quickly so that's day one nothing else happens Day two, also, nothing happens. Sleep's fine. They have a normal day. Day three, Mac wakes up early in the morning. Around four o'clock, Mac hears a crash in the attic. And he remembers that there is an attic door. And they didn't check the attic when they got there. But this night, they're sleeping on the couch. And Mac can hear the attic door open. Mm. Sorry. <laughs>
2: <laughs> also, did anyone hear just that bang in our house like a second ago? Sound
1: like the attic door. <laughs> yeah. So, as DJ's telling a story about the attic door crashing open, we hear an attic door crash open. And
3: Matt can tell that there's a ladder that swings down. And he can hear footsteps coming down this ladder. Mech says, you know that feeling you get when you feel someone staring at you? That's how I felt. I was on my side staring straight ahead. And I know that feeling where you're frozen with fear. And, you know, sometimes you want to do something like fight back. But sometimes you kind of just want to disappear into the darkness as well. And just kind of not deal with it. Because
1: you're not quite sure if they know you're there or like. Yeah.
2: Right. You want to be like quiet and still just in case like so you get to jump on them you know yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. no
3: either that or hot hi- or just hide you know one or the right, other right. but
2: yeah you could do that too mac
3: <laughs> mac said i was on my side staring straight ahead
4: so is he staring towards the attic door here no or away so he's staring straight away from it mac He's mac just is on to be the normal. couch
3: and the attic door is behind the couch oh, okay okay oh. so his back is towards the couch and he's facing away
4: oh but his
3: gross. eyes steak, are open bro. It's dark. Mm. He hears this thing come down. Mm-mm.
2: And he hears the footsteps.
3: Yes. Okay, okay. Okay. Listen. Suddenly, I felt somebody or something crawl over me. Oh. I felt their I felt their two hands on either sides of me, and I knew their face was inches away from mine.
2: Is this that Bigfoot Neurotica stuff Charles was talking about? <laughs>
3: Patrons, <laughs> you will find out, bro. You're rude. <laughs> You'll find out what Mac finds out Ugh. in our patron episode
4: swing, this week. Swing your head up to their bottom chin. That is the move.
2: Bah! Unless it is Bigfoot erotica, then there's a different move happening.
1: And <laughs> Loosen up all your body parts. Get ready to take un- the ride un- of your life. Unzip
4: your shorts. You know what they mean by it. big feet.
3: <laughs> uh, We're back. We just finished Mac's story of Lake Tahoe.
1: Y'all missed a wild ending. <laughs> You'll um, never guess number four. No. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, Mac uh, had some crazy experiences in the house and later that same day in the daytime
4: uh, by himself exploring around the cabin. Dude, daytime scares are scarier than nighttime scares. <laughs> it's like this thing isn't even afraid of being seen. <laughs> it's it's still out here trying to scare people. I hear you.
3: I hear you. Um, can't wait to go back to Lake Tahoe. Try to find something.
2: Ooh. Hey, also, if you want to learn a little bit more about Tahoe, there's an episode of the REI Camp Monsters podcast all about Tahoe Tessie. Cool.
3: Definitely. Nice. We'll have to check that out. I'm still baffled at what, like, what did Jacques Cousteau see?
1: Yeah. So if you have any mm. theories out there, DM us. Let us know. Let us know.
3: Like this man who's been everywhere and he says, the world is not
4: ready for just thousands of bodies.
1: Yeah there's a lot of weird stuff in northern california for instance you know lake shasta Mm -hmm. do you know the prevalent theory about lake shasta Mm -hmm. it's supposed to be hollow
4: wait wait, what so mount
1: Mount shasta mount oh like that did (laughs) i say lake shasta yeah 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 you know the soda shasta shasta soda (laughs) the can is i was like
4: the what? my
1: bad uh mount shasta the super prevalent theory and belief, and a lot of people move there because they're like they believe this is that it's hollow.
3: And like, is there a like conspiracy? the Matterhorn at Disneyland?
1: Yes, <laughs> and inside is aliens. Look it up. Anyway, so there's just a lot of weird stuff like up there.
4: That's true. Mm-hmm.
1: Dang, is that you tonight? That was me tonight. Dope. So I'm up. You're up. All right, so since we are closing in on two hours, (laughs) I had a story about someone's experience in Hawaii that I will share next time. So I will completely switch. So this happened to someone, their mother. This happened about 30 years ago. Their mom went on a blind date and they decided to meet up at a restaurant they are you know normal conversation they're getting to know each other and pretty quickly into the interaction uh, her mom is like not feeling it the vibes off something's weird she can't put her finger on it but she just is like man like I don't (laughs) want she's already like looking for outs you know Um, so she's pretty uncomfortable when her date decides to get up and go to the bathroom and I think one of the waiters had taken notice to like the situation. So he just comes over, refills her water and he goes, Hey, like is everything okay? She goes, yeah. Looks over at the bathroom. He's not there. So she's like, I don't, I'm on a blind date and I just feel weird about it. And he's like, well, do you need help? Do you need anything? She goes, no. And he goes, well, I'm actually like, I have 10 more minutes in my shift. I can give you a ride if you want. And right as he says that the date returns, like he, he comes right back. And he's standing there. So she looks up at the waiter and just kind of imperceptibly as she can shakes her head. No. And he just kind of nods, smiles and all right, you guys enjoy your meal. And he takes off, right? She was about to say yes. She wanted to leave, but they continue to have their meal. They quickly kind of wrap it up and she goes home. The next day she's watching the news And a woman had been raped and murdered behind a restaurant. And I bet you can guess which restaurant that was.
3: McDonald's.
1: (laughs) Waffle House. (laughs) Um, It's the restaurant she was eating at, obviously. Uh... And they showed a mugshot of the guy. (laughs) And her heart stops. Because it was the waiter. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> so, she narrowly missed missed death.
2: I knew it. I'm glad they caught him.
1: Say no to
4: nice people. <laughs> That's such a wild story.
1: Yeah, I'm just gonna do a short one just because we are very high on time.
3: Um, that reminded me really quick of the one we told a while ago. About giving that person a ride in the winter, and yeah. he had just gotten out of jail, and instead of doing anything to them, he tells them, "Don't pick anyone don't up. pick don't ever do this again and he I think he tells them that, like just talking to them, like, "What do you do? Oh, I work for this business. What do you do?" And he says, "I just got out of jail for murder.
2: Don't ever do this again <laughs> good guy, bad guy."
3: That was a bad guy being kind of good <laughs> for a little
1: bit, but anyway, okay, I got one more. <laughs> I lied, okay, so this one this girl she's in eighth grade, she's having a slumber party with her friends, things of magic. we all remember that feeling mm-hmm. best feeling ever you're free you could you do you know it's lawless, you can do whatever you want. parents are asleep, so they very stupidly she says, decide to have a seance. (laughs)
2: Stupid.
1: So they go down to her friend's unfinished basement.
4: Oh, even better.
1: At first they're all giggling. It's pitch black down there. They have one lit candle. So everywhere they look is just an abyss and they start giggling. You know, it's a little creepy. The vibe is there and they start trying to figure out who they want to summon. And someone suggests we should summon Jack the Ripper.
2: Oh my God. Stupid.
1: Now, if you don't know who Jack the Ripper is, what the hell? Read a book. Yeah. Yeah. An eighth grader knows. Yeah. <laughs> You're dumb. You're freaking duty head. <laughs> Read a book. So someone says, Hey, you know who should we, we should summon? And the girls go, Who? And he she says, Jack the Ripper. Now, our friend who's experiencing this, the second they suggest Jack the Ripper, she says, I feel a huge pit in my stomach. And she decides to do the right thing and speak up. And she says, no, no, we should not summon something evil. (laughs) And right when she says that, they all collectively hear someone say, that's right, from the other corner of the basement. Ew. It was a man's voice and she said no brothers or fathers were in the home that night and they all screamed ran out. She said "Uh, there were no other boys or men there. We were the we were home alone. Another girl and myself heard it. I'll never be the same Abby.
4: Well damn. Why not be like who's somebody nice in history that you could just talk to like let's experiment (laughs) but like. Let's be smart about this too. <laughs> Dude, put
1: yourself in that situation, put yourself in that cellar and you speak up and you say, guys, I don't think we should summon something evil. And then right behind you, you feel it. Like the words shoot electricity through your body and say, that's right. I would die. I would kill myself. <laughs> Bro, I'd it. start swinging back there. Oh my god! find
4: some new friends <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: first. <laughs> oh, Anyway, that's me tonight. Just a couple of quick ones.
4: Cool. Um, Mine are just two quick short ones and they're actually kind of along the lines of with DJ and Sean talking about kind of creatures or just kind of unexplainable things. Um, So, you know, in different cultures, we've said it many times, there's consistency between creatures, there's consistency between folklore, there's consistency between, you know, human interactions with like un- There's no, they're unexplainable things, right? And so the two stories, uh, one has been uh, touched on, I I believe by DJ in a previous episode a little bit, but I'll start with the one that happened in Chernobyl. So I think we're all pretty familiar. And if you're not, again, read a book um <laughs> like we gotta
1: stop insulting our <laughs> listeners you <laughs> freaking dumb asses
4: <laughs> <laughs> d- i think i'm just too tired to tell them to- more about chernobyl well summarize it real quick just kidding so basically in 1986 i believe it was there were some issues with a nuclear reactor i think it was the fourth reactor in the power plant malfunctioned Somebody was on their routine check and actually witnessed like the whole thing exploding and everything melting down upon them. And then was this
1: the USSR
4: this, yeah, this is the Soviet union at the time. And they wouldn't have done what they did in to recoup. They could have like Ukraine could have lost all of livability in the the country of Ukraine. And so that whole area, Russia, I believe, ah, I can't remember the cities, the city's called next to it, but I mean, it's all inhabitable now because of the radiation. And a lot of uh, scientists will, will event occasionally do, um, research and we'll go in for a limited amount of time because of course you're exposed to high intensity or high volumes of radiation that will kill you right and so there's like a whole i think orphanage of kids
3: who were affected from the radiation like were born into the radiation and now they live with like a bunch of deformities physically and mentally even animals have
4: been affected by it mm-hmm. they do tours of chernobyl you go around on a bus with like a radiation meter. (laughs) And what's interesting about radiation is it literally rewrites like your DNA, like it strips you from your DNA so you can't heal from it. And so it's like your body no longer has the code to actually like heal yourself. And so that's what's super insane about it. HBO does a really cool TV series about it. That's pretty informative and decent. Like it's pretty accurate based off of other people's accounts and things like that. And so... A Very catastrophic event, right? The city of 66,000, basically after a day or after a week, basically had to abandon where they lived, right? Frick. And so preceding this event, at least five of the workers, as kind of the legend goes, um, reported that they had been receiving very interesting phone calls that were extremely creepy. Um Weirdly like leading just unexplainable phone, phone calls, like why you know, just really creepy, just tar- feel felt like they were targeting them, and then these same people had just intense nightmares as well. they had been reporting and then right as the explosion was happening, the workers that were most immediately close to the explosion reported seeing a figure, a creature within kind of the ash and the uh, the, the all the debris and everything. And they described the creature as being absurdly large, black, headless, or appeared to be headless. And where where you would assume the neck would be, there two large red eyes. Um, I know what this is. And it, they, they refer to this as the Blackbird of Chernobyl. And so they go on to kind of speculate that these kind of entities show up preceding doom or preceding a large type of disaster and this was reported by a number of again employees in the plant but also other people living throughout in the area as well and they were reporting it as if the people who had the nightmares and the 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 interesting phone calls they were the only ones who saw this blackbird of chernobyl firefighters saw it so it it, it wasn't just like the you know one group of workers like it was like they were trying
1: to make it out like they were the only ones but that wasn't the case yeah it
4: was you know people in the people in the actual power plant the engineers in the power plant were reporting seeing it firefighters were seeing other citizens were seeing it and so yeah that's the story of the blackbird of chernobyl um the connection to it kind of the u.s connection and kind of going back to a previous episode we've heard of the mothman in west virginia more specifically, they have like a Mothman festival, and like like we like freaking America, right? We're just like celebrate the craziness. Um, Sasquatch festival, Mothman. Festival. Yes, yeah. And so basically, what happened with this situation in West Virginia? There is this lake, and there was a bridge going over the Silver Lake, I believe, or Silver Bridge or Silver Lake. And this couple reported seeing this creature, exact same description as the blackbird in Chernobyl, and they referred to it as the Mothman. Same kind of things happen in West this West Virginia town. I think it was like Mount Pleasant or Pleasanton or something, something like that. Again, weird phone calls, unexplainable phone calls. I would say that's or messages, like weird things like that. And then these very intense nightmares preceding the bridge collapsing and leading the fifty, I think fifty six or fifty seven people dying. And so it's just kind of interesting to to think about. And then also now with everything that's going in our world, you know, Beirut, you know. 9-11 all these different things it'd be interesting to see like to go back and to see if you know if anyone's ever seen if this is a very common thing in all major disasters or if there has to be some type of rural element where you know chernobyl is out and is out there as well as um this part of west virginia so maybe that plays an element rural well. or something yeah probably a place for where this thing lives again a lot of the articles i was reading about this they Kept going back to the fact that they, there was no scientific, really proof, proof, you know, these people's experiences. It's all anecdotal. Yeah, it's all anecdotal evidence, right? It's these people's experiences that they're sharing. Isolated incidents. But again, it's, you know, it's interesting to note that on the other side of the world, but very extreme similarities, you know.
1: That is crazy. I had never heard. I thought straight up Mothman was only in America. Same. Yeah. Uh my ignorance is showing. But uh it's such a weird correlation that like that entity being seen preceding a huge disaster. Like I m- I wonder what the hell that is.
2: Yeah.
3: It makes sense too like we've talked about before disasters and chaos would be the perfect environment for things like this to occur. You mm-hmm. know, whether it's paranormal or not, but uh, I remember reading books growing up I've talked about before, uh, Pele, the goddess of fire in Hawaii. And there's always a ton of uh, like, I remember reading books, seeing pictures of eruptions at Kilauea, which is the volcano on the big Island, which is still active. And you can like see her face in the fire, you know? Um, so just like a bunch of different experiences where there's catastrophe and chaos and omens. uh, Yeah. The grim, you know. (laughs) I wonder if um,
1: it's the
4: grim.
3: If you know, (laughs) this is a tea. (laughs) This is a Wendy's. (laughs)
4: Um, I wonder if, like, listeners out there, if they've had any experiences like before they have a traumatic experience, or if they've gone through. you You know, we know people. There's people out there who've been through these kind of like massive natural disasters or these horrific accidents or whatever. And I'm curious if maybe they have any personal experiences where they've, it doesn't have to be specifically like this, but maybe some weird things led up to this event or this trauma that they then experienced. And That'd be interesting.
2: My uh, grandpa always used to say he had seen the Mothman before.
4: Whoa. Yeah. What?
2: That's it? <laughs> well, hes he, he <laughs> Listen, never told kids. me the story and he's no longer with us. So I have to ask around. But I remember hearing I know that. of a way we could ask him.
1: true it involves a board and a planchette Mm,
4: okay let's do it and Jordan not being here (laughs) (laughs) yeah
1: Uh, okay one of the creepiest elements of the Mothman prophecy is the phone calls that's what I was just thinking like do you guys know the details of the phone calls jeepers creepers I'll tell you what I know from the movie which I think parallels is decently accurate but obviously it's like been changed for the movie So maybe we should look into it and then report back. But in the movie, spoiler alert. So Mothman Prophecies with Richard Gere. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They are kind of like, I haven't seen it, but I've seen this scene. So I think he's trying to get closer, figure out what's going on, you know, and kind of the climax of him and his interaction with this entity. He's sitting in a hotel room and I think the phone rings and he picks it up. And he starts asking questions and there's like static on the line. And then every now and then there's like a voice that answers. It's a deep voice. And there's like chattering and like backwards quick talk and stuff. But the scene that destroyed me as a kid, I don't know. I, my parents were watching the movie and I think I was in the room for the, the scariest scene in the in the whole movie. But he says, what do I have in my hand? And he, oh, And the camera looks down and he's holding something in his hand. And the voice on the line goes chapstick and it is chapstick (laughs) and he jumps up, you know, and and the music plays and it's like super scary. It's a scary note and he looks around at all the windows and all the curtains are drawn. So he's like, you know, He's making the same conclusions you are as a viewer, like, how is it doing this, right? Mm-hmm. But that that to me was like the scariest element. So we should look into like what actually happened with the phone calls. Because I, I do remember there was like people reporting like really fast paced, like gibbering or something. Yeah. So I don't know.
2: I'll also have to reach out and see see if there's a story behind
1: your grandpa? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that would be crazy. Yeah. Dude, that would be wild. I do, I do know my favorite murder have said a couple stories and anecdotes, one of them being like my dad, well, I think he was like a first responder and he takes that bridge every day and something happened where he didn't take the bridge or he was like a car behind the bridge and then the bridge collapsed. So right. he should have died.
4: One thing too uh, that was I forgot to mention with both stories is they initially – Every time they they saw this entity, any like logical explanation was due to, it was like a crane. And it was interesting because I read that about the West Virginia one and about the Chernobyl one. And they're used to, they're trying to say that there used to be this really black crane that used to be in that part of Ukraine or whatever at the time. But that was was only like... Crane? like a machine, Like a bird, like the bird, oh. a crane. Oh, okay. Oh, so yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, I was like picturing a, a, a machine. Like they would, they would describe it as like a large bird, like a large crane, and um, it's it, it was interesting because I read it in the Chernobyl one first, and then when I was looking up the um, the one with West Virginia, not every uh, article that I read about the one in West Virginia did it mention that, but in one of them it did mention that. People thought it was a, a large crane at first, or people to kind of logically dismiss some other people. It's like, oh, it's a crane, you know. And then the other people are like, no, no, that was not a freaking crane. like, <laughs> like, like I know what a bird is, you <laughs> yeah. dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: crazy. Thanks, Jordan. Thank you. I like that. That's cool that you guys both explored cryptids in other countries and how they have like uh, mirrors or I don't know. Similar occurrences in other
2: countries. synchronicities Whoa. bro.
1: Awesome. <laughs> anyway, tonight's been super fun. Uh, it's been a while since we recorded and uh, even longer since we recorded with Jordan. So tonight was a treat. I really appreciate it. Uh, thanks everyone out there for listening. Thanks for all the support. Um, everyone out there. I hope you have a good week. I hope life is fun and uh, bye. Love you be safe.
2: Trust you. God, watch you back. Be careful out there. Love you. Bye. Bye. Submit them to our website, the3ampodcast.com. We love any audio or visual aids that can help bring your stories to life, so file uploads are welcome with your written submissions. We're anxious and excited to hear from you.
0: His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt, and even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician.